So uh, we just thought, why not do a little 20, 25 minute podcast about the League Cup, didn't we? Seemed like a good idea yeah. at the time. Uh, it's it's the tournament to win. <laughs> it's the only tournament we could possibly win. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there is the FA Cup. Yeah, that's true. And and uh, the FA Premier League too. It was funny how our, um, our Carabao Cup side, in the second half of that game, played the most fluent football that United have played all season. Um, yeah, second half. First first half was not, no. was it? it? It was it was a little bit of a struggle. The kind of game that I think we probably thought it would be. But second half, yeah, they played some, they played some good stuff. Fred, pinging balls between lines, you know. I thought it was, uh, he, was very, he was very good. No disasters at the back. Baye, excellent. Uh, Van der Beek, different gravy. Like, Van der Beek should be in the first Van der Beek. team. Like, they... very, very nice, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know how you ram him into the first team because I actually think it's a bad idea to... to he, Pogba needs minutes, right? So yeah. dropping him to the bench makes no sense, so... Uh, and obviously Bruno has to play. So what kind of system can you play that would have all of them in here? Because re- really it's Van der Beek and, and Bruno are vying for the same position. They play it in a very different way, um, don't they? But uh, yeah, he was, he was very good. But I, I almost yeah. think what should have happened so far this season is Pogba should have played the League Cup games and and Van der Beek should have played the Premier League games because Pogba was so undercooked that he's been a problem in the Premier League games. And obviously they're considerably more important but anyway that's 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 done now he's getting more cooked um as as each game goes on he is uh, he, he is he he uh, and uh he, he put the cherry on the top of his nicely baked cake <laughs> with a what looked like a spectacular uh, free kick sadly it was going about five yards wide for a split second <laughs> but let's not talk about that shall no, we? no let's just experience relive the sheer joy that 50 percent of united fans as it seems to be would have experienced in that moment um it was a an it looked like an absolute belter clipped the top of the bar and the like the underside of the bar and the post and flew in but yeah like you said when the angle from behind <laughs> makes it kind of clear not only was it not on target but it was curling away as well so yeah it been a, he shanked yeah. one uh, anyway um that was in the 80th minute and it rounded off uh the performance for united the first half disjointed a lot of the time i mean i think we had uh, we had a lot of what we saw in the, the previous round, obviously playing a better quality aside, although Brighton had made an awful lot of changes yeah. and it seems that their second 11 is not quite as strong as our second 11. Woohoo, we've won a second 11 battle finally. <laughs> um, but uh, once again, Wan Matter, I thought, was was probably at the heart of the you know the nicest stuff. Him and Van der Beek, actually, some nice combos yeah. um, for, you know, for in parts in that first half. Um, but it wasn't really until Scott McTominay scored near the end of the half that that um, United were able to then dominate from there. And they really did dominate in the second half. But, uh, you know, Scott, uh, driving run and header, uh, assisted ably by uh, Eric Bailly, who tried to head him in the balls or something like <laughs> uh, that. So. Those, so there will be a substantial number of people listening to this that have played uh, an, a serious amount of the video game Rocket League and every single person that's ever played Rocket League knows what a Rocket League goal that was because very often two players will go to the same for the same ball, one car will hit into the other which will hit the ball and go into the goal and this was, like Eric Bailly definitely needs an assist for that because he added momentum to Scott McTominay's header. That's, that's why it was such a towering header. <laughs> yeah, 
exactly. It's not the butterfly effect. It's the Bailly effect. Um, if he hadn't done that, who knows where the, the header would have gone. I mean, that was Bailly's second talent contribution after a wonderful, incredibly dangerous, two-footed sliding tackle in the box that was executed to perfection in the pouring rain. I mean... Exactly. He used the momentum he had. He used the skiddy surface. It was all perfect. As I, as I said to you in the group last night, literally the only problem... With Eric Dyer, uh, Eric Dyer. No, he has a lot of problems. There, <laughs> different sort of problems. Yes, um, that that's for another yeah. day. We'll talk about that after Sunday. Um, Eric Bay has only one problem. Otherwise, he'd be the perfect defender. It's just that the problem is he is a massive danger to himself and others. <laughs> like that's <so laughs> yes. an issue. Look, he did all right. He was great. Uh, I think there's a. I, I don't expect him to come into the he side should. for Sunday. He should. But he should, right? He solves, as we talked about uh, on the last pod, he solves a lot of United's problems. He does have that recovery speed. He is good with the ball. I mean, you always think there might be a mistake in him, but no more than Victor Lindelof, exactly. who's a mistake waiting to happen. Exactly. This is the thing, isn't it? Like, the the, the, the awful thing that we're saying he's not going to come into the side when he's just better than Victor Lindelof at everything except not getting injured. Like... It's not like Lindelof isn't reckless in in a kind of intentional sense, but he's bad. So I mean, he makes so many mistakes. I mean, Bay Bay will do something that causes a problem. Lindelof won't do something, and that will cause a problem. So that's a wash. And on every other category, in every other category, you have Bay over Lindelof all day, every day. Oh, sure, yeah, Be- better pace, better on the ball. Despite Lindelof, that is his best quality isn't it his passing but by he's better better in the air just just better better organizer i think yeah he he it's just such a shame that eric Bailly's development has been stunted by repeated injury yeah. and, and you just can't keep faith with him as a result no. which is true of phil jones as well i mean he's had 10 years of stunted growth at united rather than three but hey um, look, I thought the rest of the, the back uh, the back five also did well alongside Bay. No, no mistakes from Lindelof, really. He got himself a stupid yellow card, but apart from that, you know, not much. Um, Dallow did it okay on the right. Nothing spectacular, but he got forward, didn't he? I mean, he's he's obviously out of here. That shop window, him yeah, playing. And, and, and a shop window where it's like the display, the mannequin's arms are on the wrong, wrong way round because he said he did all right, <laughs> but my God, the bar's low. If he did all right, what did he do that offered a telling contribution? He got forward now, now and again. No real contribution, but Williams again. Uh, it's you know he's uh, look. Uh, if he if he was left footed, Williams, he'd be in the head of, the side ahead of Shaw because he's he's his the tool set that he's got and his ceiling is much much higher than Luke Shaw's. He's just right footed and wants to come inside all of the time. That causes a problem going forward and defending as well because he gets on the wrong side of some some players sometimes. But he did okay and Henderson. Didn't have a lot to do. Made one very good save with his left yeah, hand. Fantastic save. Everything else competent. Caught balls when he needed to catch them. You know, good with his feet and uh, and throwing. Made it. You know, threw the ball out a few times, didn't he? The distribution was okay. So you know, hey, we've we've got three high quality keepers. No wingers. No left. <laughs> about now, got about eighteen midfielders and a bunch of crock central defenders. It's all about the balance, isn't it? <laughs> uh, um. Poor old Daniel James. Like, I oh, don't even. I, I don't mean, even. Everyone else did fine, right? Whatever you want to say about different levels between them. Daniel James, he's he's so shot. I mean, the guy needs to go on loan. Yeah. He he really does. Whether Sancho comes in or not, it's not doing him any good right no, now. No, no, absolutely not. And and 
I just I just don't want to hammer the kid. But if we were to analyse the performance, the only way you could analyse the performance would be to hammer the kid because he just looks... He just looks... He just... He's never, ever, 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 ever going to be good enough to play for Man United, ever, is my educated guess on these things. But who knows? Uh, Bielsa wants him at least to play a defensive forward role and, you know, harry people all over the place. I, mean, I think that'd right? be perfect for him because he's he works unbelievably hard, he's incredibly willing. I reckon a, a manager like Bielsa would be... A very detail-oriented manager would be incredibly helpful for him because he has such a limited skill set on the ball that you want to make the absolute best use of his myriad physical assets and and his fantastic attitude. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I think that'd be that'd be a, a perfect match. Um, assuming, like, of any Premier League club, that's the one that you go. Yeah, there's a role for him to play there. Yeah, and I think I think it should happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it seems that United are holding back on that one uh, in the hope of um, putting together a deal for Sancho that's what forty or fifty million euros below the asking price. <laughs> hey, you know, Santa comes around sometimes. Maybe it'll be in October. Good luck, lads. Um, I, I really yeah. enjoyed all three goals. I mean, the Pogba goal I only enjoyed for a split second, and then was thoroughly disappointed by what had really happened but it was a glorious moment of collective imagination the first time around the second goal was an a magical masterpiece i mean that is it's a Lovely. fantastic ball in from fred to van der beek and van der beek and matter both full of praise for each other um after the game clearly the kinds of i mean you can see why a kid raised at ajax who's really techie and smart would love playing with juan matter because juan matter's like football iq is through the roof um but it was it was just fantastic so a lovely ball from fred like magical little touch from van der beek and then matter with the kind of very collected little dribble and then nutmegged finish perfect just just very reminiscent of a van hal era man united goal i thought yeah, beautifully constructed, some yeah, very intelligent players. I mean, I thought actually Fred did well about uh, playing mm-hmm. those kinds of balls between the lines quite a lot. And it's when he's progressive like that, it's so much better than Sid Fred just trying to make calls. Um, I mean, I guess he's got more balance in midfield there. Uh, we do, I don't think we know quite what McTominay is yet as a player. Is he a six? Is he an eight? Is he somewhere between that? Seven. And... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, he's better than some sevens that have uh, graced or disgraced that shirt uh, over the, the past decade or so. But um, but at least there was some nice, there was some balance in midfield, wasn't there? And, and Fred was able to perhaps bring out the more creative side. And he played a, a really important role in, in that goal. It was just, yeah, lovely technical goal. Uh, had a little bit of a view of what Van der Beek is. I, th- I think one of the things with Van der Beek is, He's got the skill set of the touches like that and his passing range is good. He's not quick, but he's not slow. Um, but it's just the positions he takes up, which is um, is is very interesting. He's much less risky um, in those kind of positions than Bruno Fernandes. Now, he's, maybe he doesn't get double figures of assists and, and maybe he doesn't get double figures of goals. Uh, and there, there you get a very different kind of player in the team, but... Uh, he helps the flow of the team really well. I, I I don't know how you get them all in the team. If we wanted, if we, we were to say, look, we'd like all these players in the team. I, he played uh, played uh, a little bit in this game off the left, um, and perhaps he could do that. Although you know, Marcus Rashford looked like he's coming into a bit of form now, so 
I don't know. At least it's options. It's options. You could play. It? It's good. You could play Rashford on the right, though. It's not not the end of the world to play Rashford on the right and play Van der Beek on the left. Just I would like to see Van der Beek, Pogba, and Fernandez all in the team at the same time, in a way. Um, but then you also think there's going to be a lot of people taking up each other's, getting in each other's zones, um, as Van Persie would have yeah. said. Or you could play diamond. You and, can't and, play this United side. Cannot play a diamond. You, you, there's two, <laughs> you, I mean. You, you could, but it, it would. I mean, it would be interesting to see what I, I like. Diamond, you definitely want an attacking fullbacks, definitely, because otherwise you're going to have no width, and it's very easy to defend there, against. But, there you know, are theoretically. there are three things you need, right, to play a diamond. You need not just attacking football fullbacks, but extraordinarily like all action, all round defensive and attacking fullbacks. That, that, we definitely don't have those. You need a really mobile holding midfielder who doesn't mind sweeping up after the mess left by his attacking colleagues. Oh, wait a minute, we don't have that. And the third... Well, I mean, Tom and A could do that, but it'd, it'd be the role he doesn't want to play. Yeah, and yeah, he could do that. And then the third thing you need is central defenders who are good at defending one-on-one. So I would say that like, <laughs> yes. we probably shouldn't, as a collective, be really giving meaningful discussion to the diamond format. Formation. No, no, but uh, you know it's a way of packing them all yeah. in. But uh, yeah. it, uh, we'll see what Solskjaer goes with at uh, the weekend. I suspect Van der Beek will be on the bench again because he, he'll want uh, Pogba in that midfield, yeah. uh, in central midfield. Worth, uh, but it's options. Probably worth saying at this point that um, uh, to people who might be under a misapprehension, because I imagine there's some people here that would have picked up this story and not picked up the kind of retractions as so often happens, but. Donny van der Beek's agent has not in any way complained about his time at United. In fact, very positive noises about the relationship with Solskjaer and all these kinds of things. Some guy who knows Donny van der Beek complained about it and it was picked up by um, tabloid press and, you know, various others as van der Beek's agent. It was parroted on Sky, like, uh, by the the main lead commentator. By the commentator, Um, and and really sloppy, so just worth saying that isn't a thing that's happened. That is, in fact, fake news, literally. So, (laughs) what else? else? I mean, I came out of this game feeling pretty positive about it, right? I I know it was Brighton's second eleven, but when we've played it, made a lot of changes, we've been really disjointed, and it did take them sort of 40 or so minutes to get into some rhythm, but that second half felt good. United were in control, Create some chances, scored a couple more goals to add to the McTominay's from the first, and they're in the next round. That's all good. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, and in fact, if you look at the, the team that was on the pitch by the end of the game, or close to the end of the game, I don't know if there was a last sub, but Henderson, well, Henderson is, is I mean, now we already have the best second choice keeper in the league. Now we've got the very, very, the, we've got the best second choice keeper that's ever been anywhere except maybe when Van der Sar was second choice at Juve. Um, he's superb. Brandon Williams is obviously perfectly adequate deputy for Luke Shaw. I did, he might even be better. Baye is better than Lindelof. Lindelof and Maguire, I mean, uh, Maguire's better probably by a bit. Um, and then on at right back, there's a significant downgrade playing Dallow there instead of Wan-Bissaka. Fred played as well as Matic would have played that role. McTominay, McTominay, Fred and Pogba is a very sound balance of a midfield um, in lots of ways. And there's and, and Mata in a game where he's got space is an absolutely fantastic asset to have in when he's playing well. It's a fabulous asset. Van der Beek's a fabulous asset. Rashford was was playing by the end of that game. So once Igalo and James went off. There was a lot of quality on the pitch, you know. 
Yeah, Agallo, it's hard to see what his role in the squad is, apart from these games. I mean, it's just a filler for these games. Literally. That's it. Yeah. The Agallo yeah. that's happening I mean, now I... is the Agallo we all imagined would be arriving. And then obviously he was like super powered by the joy of arriving at Man United for the first um, first period of his time here. But then that seems to have worn off a little. Matt's 50th goal for the club. It's only taken six Which... years, a speedy six years to get to 50 goals for a number 10. I mean, listen, in his defence, it has been an absolute nightmare mess. And he's probably played at number 10 seven times in that six years. So He's only got uh, 104 more to go and he gets in the top 10 all-time United goal scorers. One thing I was thinking was, I meant to look it up, how many people have scored 50 goals for Man United. It can't be that many, really. I, I don't know, but um, there used, yeah, it, it won't be. It won't be. There that used many. to be a website where you could find out, but it was made in Flash, and uh, now now it's gone. Um, I am just. I'm scrolling through. I'm scrolling through. We've got 21 players who've scored 51 goals or more. Roy Keane is on 51. Matt is coming for him, <laughs> as is Jurgen Klopp. Um, yeah, so you know, good good for one matter. Yeah. Only 21 players ever in the history of United scored more goals than that. Good for him. So, quick break and then um, and then we'll talk a little bit about news and then we don't need to preview the Spurs game. We already did that and mention it, I guess. Yep. Back in a sec. Today's pod is supported by Manscaped, the best in below-the-belt shaving. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and they've just launched in the UK. You've gone years without using the right tools for the job and you can be one of the first in England to experience... Manscaped's life-changing products. No more nicks or cuts. Make your testies there, besties. The 7000 RPM motor has quiet stroke technology. Not sure what that is, but it sounds good. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code NQAT at manscaped.com. That's NQAT at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed's at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. So, um, just the Spurs game. I mean, I actually think there is a chance that Baye plays that game. I think it would be very crazy if he doesn't. Um, otherwise, I I would love to see Van der Beek somewhere in that eleven, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to see the side that played Brighton in the league. Um, did Matic start that game? Yeah. So yeah, I wonder. I wonder whether Fred's done enough to earn himself that role. I mean, he's probably not as well suited to that as he would have been to the role that he played in in this game. Yeah. I mean, look, Spurs are going to have more functional midfield than they've had in the past. Hey, what a surprise! Uh, and so there, there might be room for doing that. Uh, Son is injured. That helps. Bergwijn will come in. To, you know, he's speedy. I mean, he's going to need someone to to sit in between the, the midfield and defensive lines because that's where, in the sort of secondary attacker line, where Spurs are strongest. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't. Bale won't be fit. Son's not fit. So it'll, I guess, be Mora and Son in wide areas. Mora and who? Sorry. Um, Oh, didn't you say? Didn't you Sorry. just say he's not fit? Bergvine. Yeah, right. okay. Yeah, yeah Bergvine. Yeah, supporting Harry right. Kane. I'm not sure who will play in that sort of attacking, you know, central Dele role. Alley. I'm assuming it's, <laughs> assuming it's not Delhi. Uh, could be Eric Lamella. 
Uh, it could be just uh, three across midfield. I mean, it's at Old Trafford, but you know, hey, it doesn't really matter where you play these games anymore. You could be playing on the Hackney Marshes for all the difference. Yeah. Um. So, but you know, I think I think Spurs will play in, in the way we expect Spurs to play quite a low block, uh, and and they'll let United have the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's just we just hope that that turns out to be a mistake because our good players play well. Spurs, we're recording this on Thursday, and Spurs have got a game against Maccabi. Uh, no, no, they haven't. Have they They've not? got a game against Maccabi yeah. Haifa, and uh, and the thing Haifa. did that. Like, somebody complained on our Instagram saying it would be like saying there's a playing a team in London when you're playing a team in Liverpool. Um, That's is shocking, isn't it? Shocking. Well, I called. I called. Um, my, Mas- clearly, I've I've demonstrated my complete lack of knowledge of Israeli football. I'm very sorry. I uh, also called Macedonia Moldova as well. So listen, it was a geographical nightmare all round. The last episode. Yeah, your yours could start wars because you oh, know oh, yeah. North Macedonia. <laughs> we did a little bit of little bit of aggro about that name for a oh, few yeah, years. Oh yeah, wait a minute. So you're saying that yours is completely culturally neutral and not a problematic situation area of the world in any way shape or form listen we're both yeah, we're sure both we dealing in war zones that's that's what we do on this show that's right um do you want to you want to talk about the presidential debate no really very much <laughs> you not. know what i'd, I'd like i'd like to see a, a presidential style debate between uh ollie and jose that would, that would be fun wouldn't it? yeah it'd be more more fun and probably considerably more coherent than the actual real one. Oh, definitely Sadly. Definitely, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, although I, I suspect that is much uh, as Jose will be in, say, uh, you know, forty years or so. Or 30. <laughs> if you ever gave Jose Mourinho a staggering power of some description, he would immediately do this. But anyway, um, the uh, I mean, news, or whatever. There's no news. We talked about it a bit. That. No, there's only gossip from a couple of days ago. Um, you know, a lot of gossip uh, about Jadon Sancho. United preparing a bid, warming up the fax machine, thinking about probably, maybe, potentially chance to send a carrier pigeon over with a a bid that will obviously get rejected. I, I don't imagine there's going to be any movement on that one. And and on uh, Alex uh, Tellez, Tellez, they were talking about it on the. Uh, the um, yeah, Talk of the Devils podcast, Andy Mitten was uh, getting his Brazilian wife to <laughs> pronounce it. Um, uh, it. All the news coming out of Porto and they are they are leaking ferociously, aren't they? Is that United put in a, an embarrassingly low bid there? Such just ridiculous. I mean, I, this is this has been the worst transfer window since 2014, I'd say. Like just Oh yeah, I thought you were gonna say worst ever. No. We haven't had imposters trying to sell us a player yet, but it could still happen. They, I wish is Marouane Fellaini available. I wish they were imposters. I wish they were imposters. The print, the legend on that story is out of control. It is repeated as fact that they were imposters when they were in fact lawyers. So it's very boring, but they were not imposters. Hey. Sadly, uh, I don't know lawyers. I've had to deal with a few lawyers <laughs> in my time. Um, not content with the people of North Macedonia, Moldova, Tel Aviv. <laughs> I don't know where Maccabee Haifa is. Is it in a place called Haifa? Sorry if it's not. I think yeah. so. Um, like we've just, and lawyers, we're, we're taking them all out. And yeah, uh, this transfer window cannot for United end in the disaster it looks like it's looming to. And I think you're right. I think you're right that, that this is about once the outgoings go, Stuff will start. The dominoes will start to fall because that that 
that's the thing that makes the the most sense that there is a massive cash yeah, issue. Yeah, and and actually, um, interestingly, Spurs have, have done more business than we thought they would do. Uh, they um, obviously brought in Bale and Reggie on two positions they didn't really need to fill, but you know, I'm guessing they're Daniel Levy's purchases rather than Mourinho's. He still wants a backup striker that he doesn't hasn't got, and and the the. Very heavy gossip is that they're trying to purchase Milan Skriniar, who two years ago was one of the best left-sided uh, central defenders on the planet, had a really difficult time under Antonio Conte, is no longer first choice. But, you know, the uh, the ceiling there is very high. Just, it would be a fine purchase if if uh, if they got him. I just him. feel very sorry for a player who's had a really tough time under Antonio Conte. It's like, oh, thank God, I've got away. Oh, no. <laughs> like, where, where have I ended up? Uh, we should offer them uh, Chris Smalling and uh, Diogo Dallo and Phil Jones and see if they'll take it. Um, anyway. Oh, we, we have. There is a piece of actual news. Um, Andres Pereira has gone uh, to Lazio on a season-long loan. Um, it's interesting because I wonder if they would have gone for that if they'd got signed David Silva, who was just on the verge of going to Lazio before he was like, yoink. Um, totally, totally the same level, these well, two it, players. It, totally exactly, the that's the crazy thing about it. Uh, this is a loan with an option to buy at 27 million euros. So somehow Andreas Pereira's got one season to prove he's worth 27 million euros to Lazio. Uh, wish If wishing made it so. Yeah, maybe, maybe a couple of bangers, you know, get in with the ultras, make it yeah. happen. Yeah. Oh, look, good luck Absolutely. to him. He needs to find a club, Absolutely. clearly, and, and, and find a club at the right kind of level for him. Um, Lazio, I, I don't know whether this is, he'll be a squad filler there, I imagine. Although they've had some change, haven't they, in terms of their midfield um, over the last couple of years. So uh, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Good luck to him and uh, good luck to everyone listening. Have a lovely few days. We are gonna record after the Tottenham game and try and get a show out for Monday I think that's what we will we should yeah. try and do um and for Patreon backers that'll have a bunch of additional football stuff in and it'll mostly be about what it would be like to be followed to the toilet by Jose Mourinho <laughs> surely a waking nightmare for any right thinking human um right <laughs> on that <laughs> note we'll see you on Monday mental pictures yeah bye now <laughs>